0: Known as the Female Mind, you are now entering the Fangirl Zone.
1: Welcome to episode 16 of Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm
0: Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirless. And tonight we'll be discussing episode 1 of The Hunters. Now, Steve has managed to... Scroll out some interesting news for us. You want to go ahead,
1: Absolutely. Sci-Fi to broadcast live from San Diego Comic-Con 2016.
0: I think that makes me a little happier that I'm not going to be going this year. I'll actually be able to watch some of the stuff.
1: Right. Yeah, it it may be a lot uh, more enjoyable seeing it on TV <laughs> than fighting all the crowds.
0: Uh, I won't have to sleep outside to get into the hall, so, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's a bonus.
1: So, yes. Sci-Fi will invade the world's largest pop culture convention this summer with Sci-Fi Presents Live from Comic-Con, a three-night telecast directly from the heart of San Diego Comic-Con. The special sci-fi's first ever live broadcast from Comic Con will air on the network Thursday, July 21st through Saturday, July 23rd at 8, 7 central. Each night, sci-fi presents live from Comic Con will bring the con's nonstop action directly to viewers across the country, featuring celebrity interviews, breaking news, and behind the scenes reports. The hosted live broadcast will highlight the biggest stars, top franchise reveals, panel news, exclusive sneak peeks of the hottest films, as well as audience interaction, games, party coverage, and much more. For nearly two decades, sci-fi has been a mainstay at Comic-Con, said Chris McCumber, president of Entertainment Network's NBC Universal Cable Entertainment. Say that ten times fast. Right. (laughs) Each and every year, we can't wait to get to San Diego to share our mutual fandom and passion for all things pop culture with our viewers and this year we're thrilled to extend that immediate firsthand access to those at home at well. Our goal with Sci-Fi Presents Live from Comic-Con is to give everyone the experience of being on the convention floor, at the events, or just walking through the frenzied streets of the Gaslamp District with hundreds of thousands of their closest friends, said Heather Olander, Senior Vice President, Alternate Series Development and Production Sci-Fi. In addition, starting Sunday, July 17th, Sci-Fi will kick off a Comic-Con celebration on air, online, and across its social media platforms, offering fans customized, exclusive content to fuel their excitement throughout the entire week. Sci-Fi's seven days of Comic-Con will start Sunday, July 17th and continue through the 23rd. We'll see how this goes.
0: (laughs) It still makes me a little sad I'm not going to be there, but... Yes. You know, being able to see this, I'll probably see a lot of people I know. uh, (laughs) You might, yeah. But it it does take the sting out a little bit, especially because Comic-Con has decided to live stream. I'm like forgetting words. Live stream Hall H, which if you haven't been to San Diego Comic-Con, is the biggest hall they have. It holds 6,500 people. The biggest shows are always in there. So this is what people will seriously camp out for Some of them have slept outside for 36 hours. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. To get in there. Doctor Who's always in there. Supernatural. Uh, those are the two bit. Marvel's always been in there. Yes. DC. So, I mean, huge, huge. So the fact that sci-fi is going to live stream it, we can watch a lot of it. And then you really get the feel if they're showing everything on the floor and the insanity of what it's like to have thousands upon thousands of people. (laughs) walking these floors at this huge con right so amazing i'm so glad sci is doing this and san diego comic-con started to do this now we will all be able to see a little bit of what happens at comic-con and hopefully a little bit of behind the scenes since sci-fi is going to be showing some of the parties because even as press you don't always get into those parties no (laughs) so that should be really cool being able to see the celebrities a lot of them will sit down and you know talk to them and we'll get a little like peek behind the curtain there you go all right so tonight hunters episode one so before we jump into this steve how did you feel about it
1: well i know i read a bunch of real negative <laughs> reviews about it um online through, you know, some of the more respected um uh, places that are out there, uh A B Club and IGN and those places that I I hold in high regard as far as their reviews go. But I kind of enjoyed it. I I'm it's got me intrigued enough to um continue watching it.
0: I didn't dislike it either. But I wasn't as sucked in as I was hoping I would be. Right. Like, I felt like it was kind of slow moving and I didn't feel like it had a whole lot. Like, right at the beginning, it started really, really strong. And then I felt it kind of petered out.
1: Right. As they got into the relationships. Yeah. they, They focused on the family first and not the ETU or the hunters.
0: Yeah, so I'm just like, eh. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) Episode 1, the beginning and the end. When the wife of troubled FBI agent Flynn Carroll goes missing, the trail leads to a shadowy group of international terrorists known as Hunters. To find his wife, Flynn joins forces with the Exoterrorism Unit, ETU, a highly classified Homeland Security Division charged with stopping the Hunters, terrorists who may not even be human. See, that sounds really awesome. Uh And I just think the way they brought everything in seemed odd. Like it was kind of out of order what we should have seen. But let's start with Flynn, Abby, and M. Right. So this is the the FBI agent. Right. His wife,
1: who's a piano teacher.
0: And M, who was his ex-partner's daughter. daughter. His partner had died in, I'm assuming, some kind of action that they both seen because... Flynn is seeing, well, he was out on leave and he was supposed to be seeing a psychiatrist
1: or therapist. Yeah. He's having real PTSD problems.
0: But they see, and right there, they could have developed that, which I'm assuming is going to happen, but give us information why he was out on leave. Like we're only getting little glimpses and what we're seeing is really confusing like right. I thought, his PTSD from the glimpses we were getting had something to do with being in combat. Right, but that wouldn't make sense for an FBI agent and his partner. At least I don't think so, because FBI is strictly in the U.S. As right? Because CIA we know. is what's <laughs> As far as we know. <laughs> okay, theoretically, then.
1: Right, it, but I think the thing, the the big thing with the flashbacks. Is that it's tying back to the hunters.
0: Okay. See, I thought that too, but then I was thinking it like the way it flashed that maybe it was supposed to be like ISIS terrorists, and he's just thinking that he's seeing them because you just seem kind of like a black clad figure. Right. So again, a little confusing.
1: Yeah. It's enough to make you wonder, but right. I really think that, that this is all being tied back. Okay. Because why would they take Abby? She's just a piano teacher. Right. And during, you know, when she gets abducted, the guy doesn't kill her, but he shoots her
0: with a sonic gun. And he takes out, she had hearing aids in. Uh Uh-huh. Which he takes out. And, oh my gosh, and I totally forgot to write it down. He says something really specific. And it kind of made me think of Dune, like The Sleeper Will Awaken. And yes. I know that's not what he said, but it just it gave me that maybe it. Everybody who is in the what we would consider like a sleeper agent doesn't know they are right because he's playing this music. This yes, annoying. When he's got, music. Got, he's got her in
1: captivity, he's got her in the naked. cage, and he's playing this music. To, and what was curious was when he shot her, mm-hmm. the you know that knocks her down. She turns over. And he shoots her again, and you see her face kind of wrinkle up. Yeah. And I'm going, that doesn't look right.
0: See, and I was just thinking it was, like, painful or something, and that's why she was kind of contorted. Right. But I couldn't figure out what he was doing because she's naked, she's in a cage, her ears are bleeding. Right. And what the hell was with the rabbits? (laughs) I did not understand this.
1: No. No. No, Again, I'm not sure. Give
0: I, me information.
1: Well, it it's very possible that, you know, either the hunters are basically your, shall we call them intergalactic bounty hunters. Okay. And they're trying to track down certain other like races? Right. And they think they're identifying people and things that they think may be that race, and trying to bring it out of its hiding, shall we say, okay, so I have a very funny feeling we're going to find out later on that both Flynn and Abby may not be who that we think they are right now,
0: hmm, interesting thought,
1: yeah, and that I think that was the thing that kind of got me a little more interested because they spent way too much time with them to be just this married couple that was having to deal with a troubled child.
0: See, I am the first person who, who will say, yes, we need to let something world build because a lot of people have given grief over other shows that, you know, they're trying to build the story and I get that and I completely respect that. But I don't know. It's just something <laughs> with this, like the way they're doing it, it just seemed like, I don't know, it's taking, you know, going around the block to go next door kind of thing. Right. So I don't know. I'm hoping that it will will build faster and we'll get more information. Now, I didn't think anything about Flynn being an alien or anything. I'm assuming Abby is supposed to be. right, But then what about M? Is she just strictly... She was there. She became like their ward kind of because his partner died and they felt bad. She didn't have anybody else.
1: Yes, I think so. She's a
0: troubled kid.
1: Right. Because the comment about, well, when Abby found the cat. Right. Or the cat got in the house, shall we say.
0: And I thought that was going to morph into something.
1: Well, watch way too many weird movies. Yeah. The cat didn't morph, but it also allowed the hunter to get in there. Mm, true. So I don't know if the hunter got in there first and the cat got, got followed the hunter in or, or vice versa, but his comment about, no, you can't keep taking in strays seemed to really upset him and he had to try to go explain it. And failed horribly at it.
0: Right. And you know, I can understand she, she doesn't know what's going on. She feels like she's just a burden on people. Right. And she seems to have, you know, a, a lot of problems. Yes. So I feel bad for her. And yeah, I get that she is, uh, you know, a little taken, but plus she's supposed to be a teenager. Right. And teenagers are just pretty much always moody anyway.
1: (laughs) Yes, they are. Raging hormone years.
0: Right. All right. You want to talk about the ETU a bit?
1: Sure. The thing that I found the most curious is we see them go into the warehouse and they split up. They don't follow orders because Regan goes after the target by herself and ends up getting their supervisor killed
0: which was more than just the supervisor
1: yeah (laughs) and then her other partner turns around one minute and complains to the new boss that it was all her fault and then that we have the shower scene
0: with him and it's like, Wait, that was with him? I thought it was with some other random person No, it was with him. That was with Briggs? Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it (laughs) I thought it was just some random guy like she hooked up with. No. Because I didn't pay attention. And I'm sorry, but Briggs. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And so <laughs> you may have heard me rant about this previously. <laughs> when I watched Star Trek Into the Darkness, Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan, like, over-enunciated everything. And his lips moved so crazy. It was almost like animation. Right. Like, Briggs is like the opposite. Yeah. He's like talking and like not moving his lips and barely moving his mouth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so annoying too. (laughs) I don't just talk like a normal person. Move your mouth like a normal person. I don't understand. Oh gosh, I couldn't this yeah, I don't know. And by the end of the episode, I'm I'm like, okay, one of them has gotta be a hunter. They're an alien, whatever, even if they've, you know, gone rogue and they're good. And so far, they've kind of hinted that that's true.
1: Right. We do get a a hint that there could be one on the inside.
0: One amongst us.
1: And apparently, they didn't even know that for sure that these hunters were not human until they did. You know, fortunately, they were able to get a hold of a dead one (laughs) that they killed in the warehouse and went to cutting on it and found out yeah this isn't human
0: yeah i'm sitting there eating my dinner and (laughs) i'm like hmm maybe i shouldn't have had chinese tonight oh god i'm sorry well that (laughs) would
1: probably make you not like the episode just a little actually
0: that didn't bother me (laughs) and then like okay something's really wrong with me because it's not bothering me eating at all (laughs) But it was just weird that they were doing it and showing how different they are and explaining it, though. Right. Talking about, oh, well, they may have been grown up or whatever, lived in a higher gravity, like density, gravity. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that wrong. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Because the the way their organs were um, anchored. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It was actually giving us more and showing that, okay, yeah, the skin looks real, but just barely underneath, it's, you know, totally different. Right. So, kind of cool how they did that. Again, kudos to the, you know, special effects people cool. for coming up with all this awesome stuff.
1: Yeah. Now, it will be interesting to find out if the hunters are just basically taking the form of humans to hide their identity or if they're actually waking up and realizing that, yeah, no, we're not who we thought we were. Mm,
0: interesting. Mm
1: hmm. I think it might be.
0: Uh, so, can we talk about the hunters for a moment? Sure. Julian McMahon it
1: is awesome.
0: <laughs> he he plays such a good bad guy. Yes, he does. I had to say that before we did anything else about the hunters. Always a good bad guy. Looked really weird the the beginning because right. he had dreads and he's a DJ and <laughs> and it's just not the way we've ever seen him. So it's kind of like, whoa, okay, okay. This is a different look as a bad guy. I Love him. Now the hunters. Was it just me, or did the sound effects sound a lot like from an alien movie? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. And I, then what I was it? The- as soon as I hear the heard the clicking, I go, "Okay, oh, you've ripped something off." We know that sound,
0: right? And what was with the actual teeth chattering? Like later we see them doing that when, uh, Flynn's in the fold and they're chasing down and they, they get the one guy. Right. He's like doing like the teeth chattering Chatter. thing. And uh-huh. I'm like, what is he doing? First of all, how the heck did he do that? Like I, I seriously tried. I'm like, I couldn't do that for any length of time out as a good actor because I couldn't do it. No, <laughs> but that was just so weird. Maybe it's just me that I'm like,
1: eh, yeah. Well, you know, when it's, human on human and the FBI is chasing down the bad guy and they catch him. They usually, you know, have a few uh, not so kind words to say to him. And right. so I'm assuming that's basically what it was, only an alien. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Julian McMahon is MacArthur, McCarthy. And he seems to have a lot of information because this is where we get a hint that maybe somebody is also an alien who's inside. Right. And that somebody may be Regan. Uh Uh-huh. So makes me wonder if it's going to really amp up that all of a sudden next episode, they're going to, you know, figure this out and get this information or whatnot. So, Uh. I don't know. But there was also, I'm assuming it was supposed to be like an elder hunter. That he was like trying to protect. Right. I just didn't quite understand because it looked, it didn't look human. It did, well, it looked humanoid. Right. But like the face you could tell wasn't human. It was like all weirdly wrinkled, very, uh, emperor esque from Star Wars. Oh my gosh, two episodes in a row. I'm talking about Star Wars. <laughs> um, it, it was just weird looking. And I don't know, like I said, if that's supposed to be like an elder, it or if it's supposed to be something that somebody who's just figured out that they're a hunter, you know like which way it's supposed to be, right, but when they run off, where the heck did Flynn's wife go because he had her at that that farmhouse and in, cust- in his custody, I guess right when that other I'm just gonna still call it an elder, that other one showed up, and then when they ran away, they didn't show her. Right. And she was nowhere to be found. So where the heck is she at now?
1: Good question.
0: Because if you go back right when we now first the see ones the hunter, running
1: through the trees, yeah, that that guy that was one of them. Mhm. So he must have stashed her somewhere and it wasn't in the uh, basement or the uh
0: No, not that we've seen, so that was weird. Yeah. But if you go back to the beginning, they had a woman They had the rabbits. And then all of a sudden, the ETU takes out this weird, you know, like giant salt lamp thing. (laughs) And I was assuming that they did something to her where she's in there. It's almost like a cocoon. Right. So maybe that's what they're trying to do with Flynn's wife. Yeah. I don't know. This stuff is weird.
1: Yeah. It's out there. And I think it's going to get more out there.
0: I know we kind of ran through this like super fast because I'm I'm not sure. I felt like this was an easily distractible episode. Right. I'm just hoping it gets better. It didn't feel like an hour. It felt more like it was about a half hour worth of content. I'm hoping it just gets better though as we go.
1: Yes, let's hope so at least.
0: So is there anything else you want to talk about with this?
1: No, I think we've got it covered pretty well. We touched on all the... Highs and lows that we thought, at least.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that it gets better. I'm hoping this is something that does really blossom into one of those, oh, my gosh, I can't wait till this comes on shows.
1: Right. And if you remember, the first two or three episodes of Expanse were kind of, oh, God, this looks like it should be a whole lot better than it is. And then all of a sudden it went wham and kicked it into overdrive.
0: That's true. But I, I liked Expanse from the go.
1: Right. Well, I did too.
0: So yeah, I'm just hoping this is something that I, cause I really want this because it, it again, book to screen. Yes. Another book that they adapted. And I'm really excited that, I mean, the book is a huge seller. Hopefully they do it justice. And this is something that we're going to see like really translate well. Right. Another book I have to buy. Right. Thank you. Sci-fi. <laughs> I hope somebody from sci-fi is listening and they'll just start sending me the books because it will help feed my addiction <laughs> <laughs> and it would be a lot cheaper. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Don't forget to rate and review us on all the platforms that you see us. iTunes, Podomatic, Google play, good ratings, help others find us. And of course we want you to tell your friends and family and hope you're enjoying the podcast and we want to hear from you. We want to know how you feel. If you think that Hunters is going to bomb, I want to know if you think <laughs> it's the best thing since sliced bread. If you just want to tell us what we should talk about and why we're not getting the big picture, Podcast at gmail.com. Head over to fangirlzone.com. Check out the website. The links are on the contact page too. You can shoot us an email that way. You can... Send us a message on Twitter on our Facebook page, which is F G Zone. Yeah, uh, we're all over the place. Steve's all over the place. I'm all over the place. We're always tweeting. We want to know.
1: Yes, how you feel? Yes. What are you thinking about all these new shows and the ones that are coming back?
0: Because I'm excited. Sci Fi has a great lineup coming out, and I'm hoping this is one of them that really falls in there. Yeah. So
1: keep us busy, 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 busy.
0: <laughs> All right, Steve, tell everyone where they can find you in your multiverse.
1: All right. You can find me over at Golden Spiral Media doing Witness Prophecies, a Sleepy Hollow podcast. You can find me on The C Word, an Orphan Black podcast. Uh, you can also find me on Felix's Helixes, another Orphan Black podcast that I do. Some people might think I'm a little addicted.
0: Okay. <laughs> you might end up on another Orphan Black podcast. Yes, Black I'm sure podcast. I'll be guesting
1: on uh, at least one b 21 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've already promised Kim that, yes, I will be on.
0: <laughs> oh, Like I said, you can find me, FangirlZone, FangirlZone.com. We were hinting at Nerd Element because I pop over there for the Orphan Black podcast, but I will mostly be FangirlZone and Hollow9. Yes, So, and Steve don't and be I,
1: surprised if you find us on a sci, oh, the sci sci-fi fantasy talk.
0: podcast. Yes, yes, we are all over the place. Yes. <laughs> Steve's much busier than I am in regards to doing these podcasts. So I don't know how Steve keeps up with everything. He's nuts. So, yes, <laughs> everyone, for episode 15 of Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, I'm Sean Fangirlus,
1: And I'm Steve, and don't let any
0: cats in your house. <laughs> You never know what they are. That's right. (laughs) Until next time, everyone.